You may be seated. Yeah. Awesome. I am super pumped. If you are new here this morning, I'm Spencer Wills, and I am the youth pastor here at Gateway, which is my favorite job in the world. <laughs> yeah, thank you, we're youth kids. You guys are great. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've been doing this Unleash series for like four weeks, I think, four or five. I lost track. <laughs> and, you know, when Darian kind of um, brought these messages to us, there was two that I like merely knew that I had to do. One of them I'm doing in like a month. And that one I know I had to do because I was really excited about it. It was something that I was like, yeah, I have a lot to speak into that. The other one was the one that God was like, you're doing that one. And I was like, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> That's this one. <laughs> and so I want to tell you why I was so I don't want to do this one. And here's the thing is that me and God have conversations when I'm like, I don't want to do this. God's like, you're going to do this. God always wins those arguments. <laughs> that's how that works. I can't really argue with the creator of everything about a thing I want to talk about. <laughs> and the reason I don't want to talk about this is because today we're talking about lies, unleashed lies, or lies unleashed. And the reason I don't want to talk about this is because it kind of hits home for me, real hard. It's because my whole life I have believed things about myself that weren't true. And that the idea of breaking lies is not as simple as I would like it to be. I wish that I could just be like, determine, oh, that's a lie. I know it's a lie, now I can move forward. But that's not how life works. You know, there's so many lies that we believe, and I'm gonna tell you a couple that I have believed. I am not enough. I am not skilled or adequate enough to do the job ahead of me. I am unworthy. I am unlovable. My past mistakes and sins define who I am. These are just some of the lies that I've heard. And I'm sure there's more that you have heard. I'm sure some of these you have heard. I'm sure some of these you have believed. I am not enough. I am not skilled enough. I am unworthy. I am unlovable. These are hard. And the hard thing about, about lies is that it'd be really easy if I could just be like, I don't believe it anymore. <laughs> but when we start to believe these lies, they become enrooted in us. They become enrooted in who we are. So, you know, immediately when I began prepping this message, I was immediately brought to Matthew 16. So I want to give you guys a little context before we dive into the passage. So this is near the end-ish of Jesus' ministry. And right before this conversation that Jesus has with Peter, Jesus had just told his disciples, I'm going to die. <laughs> Basically predicting his own death. Peter didn't like that very much. 
And Peter took him aside to correct him privately. He reprimanded Jesus over and over, saying to him, God forbid, Master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get out of my way, you Satan. You are a hindrance to me because your thoughts are only filled with the viewpoints of man and not with the ways of God. Then Jesus says to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. As you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your own, as you continually surrender to my ways, for if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep for even if you were to gain all the wealth and power in this world at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? So something I want to focus on in this passage before we really dig deep into it, which is, if we just go one slide back, I believe. Because your thoughts are filled with the man's viewpoints and not with the ways of God. See, this is where lies get enrooted because they come from somewhere. We don't just start believing them. Sometimes they come from us. Sometimes we have our own negative viewpoints. You know, you did bad on a test. Oh, now I'm unworthy, right? Sometimes they come from our friends. Maybe they just make a, a little joke, you know, haha, you're stupid, but don't realize that that <laughs> has a deeper lie enrooted in who you are. And also it just comes from the world and it comes from the enemy. We believe these lies that come from the, man point, the view of man, not with the ways of God. Because here's the thing about lies is that they become a part of our identity. And this is why this is a passionate topic for me and kind of a hard one. That's because I, when I told you some lies that I believed, you know, I am unworthy, I am unlovable, my sins determine who I am. Those weren't just lies that I believed. You know, God says so often in Scripture that we are the redeemed. You know, so according to God, I am Spencer the redeemed. But then I started to believe these lies about myself, and I was no longer Spencer the redeemed. I was Spencer the unworthy. I was Spencer the unlovable. Spencer the one who has made so many mistakes and sins in his life, that will now determine who he is. That there's nothing that I can do. And so often, the answer we would think would be pretty simple, right? So we believe these lies, and the answer God puts right in front of us. Fill your mind with the ways of God. <laughs> it's, it seems so simple. But more than that, we don't act that way. You know, I don't, and even though I, I was believing these sins that, like, I'm unlovable, you think that the more, the logical response would be, no, God says that I am lovable. Let's read scripture and see where that's true. But instead, we decide, oh, I just need to work harder. Oh, I feel I'm unlovable, so maybe, maybe if I do the dishes more, then maybe my wife will show me more love and then maybe I'll feel loved. 
Oh, I'm unworthy. Well, maybe if I just put like 60 hours in this week and really work hard for the church, then I will be worthy. You know, and like some of these lies that I'm talking about are lies that I believed recently. (laughs) Especially this, this idea of unworthiness. You know, when I came on staff at Gateway, I was hired on as, you know, the youth director at the time. And I was taking over from Darian, who is now our lead. <laughs> Those were big shoes to fill. Because <laughs> anybody who ever like, attended youth group while Darian was in charge, it was like a well-oiled machine, and it was done so well. And it had grown from like, because like, I was a volunteer when Darian was the youth pastor, from like a ministry of like 15 kids to like a ministry of like 45 to like 50. And I was like, okay, I, I know I have to keep that momentum. And there was a lot of, you know, a- anxious when I would come on a Friday of being like, oh, I'm not going to be able to live up to that. And I started to believe that lie over and over and over again until it became a part of me. Even though the logical answer is simple. And even though, like, so, like, I would work really hard throughout the week to try to make Friday as good as it could be. And it was not in like a way of like, I'm doing this for my youth kids, but I'm doing it in a way to try to prove the lie wrong. You know, and like, almost every lie I believe, I have believed about myself, I can root it back to a mistake or sin that I've made. You know, I felt unlovable because I made a mistake in a relationship. You know, I feel unworthy because I made a dumb decision to watch something I shouldn't have watched. Or whatever it may be. Often these lies are rooted in sin. But that doesn't mean they should define who we are. You know, in Titus 3, 3 through 7, it says this. We too were once foolish disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but but in accordance to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. See, here's the, like, sometimes sad but good news, is that there is nothing that I can do to earn redemption. There's nothing that I can do to erase the lies that I have believed about myself. You know, I have felt I'm unlovable. There's nothing I can do in my actions to to make myself feel lovable. Now, there's moments when I'm like, oh, I'm feeling better. But that lie that I've believed over and over and over and over again has become a part of my identity. It's become rooted in who I am. And it's not as simple as just being like, oh, well, God says I'm loved now. 
It's not as simple as that. But the good news is that I don't have to work for redemption. God is giving it to me freely with mercy and grace. And that so often we are working hard to break these lies, and there is work involved, but it's not on our part. The work is involved with God that we are saved by not works of our righteousness, but in accordance to His mercy and in accordance to His grace. Now, I have a little illustration that I think will prove this point a little bit better, so I can get Dan to bring that out for me. That would be really wonderful. And that there's just, there's so many things to talk about this and bring this out, and I think this will illustrate it better than words in a lot of ways. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So, I got four cups here. So we got mercy, love, grace, and lies. Now we got this picture of water, which for the point of this illustration is us. This is everything I believe. This is everything I want to receive and everything I want to achieve in life. Now I only have so much water in here, so much energy that I can, so many things that I can believe, so many things that I can aspire to, right? So if I believe I'm unlovable, that I'm unworthy, that my sins and past mistakes will define who I am, whoa, I don't have much left. Now, I, I, I do still want some grace, so let's do a little bit. And I want some love. And I want some mercy. Not much, but a little bit. Can you guys even really see how much water is in mercy, love, or grace? This is the problem about lies. See, when you believe I'm unlovable, I am unworthy, that my sins are going to define who I am, and the loads of other lies that we believe about who we are, they become a part of our identity, and they are going to prevent you from experiencing God's grace, His love, and His mercy. That's kind of a big deal. And it's no longer, like, this is the thing, guys, is that these little lies we believe are big. <laughs> They're not some things that we're like, oh, okay, yeah, I believe I'm unlovable, but I can still live my life. And you can but are you going to experience the fullness of who God is calling you to be? You know, in, in John 8, Jesus says this to some of the people he's talking to. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Surprised by this, they said, but we are descendants of Abraham, and we were, we were, released, into, we were released into freedom. We were never in bondage to anyone, so how could you say that we'd be released into more freedom? I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you are not free. 
you become a slave in the bondage of your own sin. Here's the thing is that these lies we believe, they become enrooted in who we are, and they are like weeds. They begin to choke us out, and that becomes everything we're ever capable of being. But God is saying, when you continue to embrace all that I teach and prove that you are my true followers, if you embrace the truth. So we put, I'm going to put all the water back for a second. God wants us to embrace the truth. So what if we change this? This is now truth. So if I fill my life with truth, fill my life with only truth, then I can just flip this upside down. Because we can't pour into lies if our life is filled with the truth. If we are filled with the truth of God, then guess what? I can pour my life into love. I can pour my life into grace. And I get to pour my life into God's mercy. And lies is going to get none of it. Like, this is, this is the good news part, guys, is that with truth, we are able to defeat lies. Now, I know it's not as simple as being like, Oh, if I speak truth once, now this lie will be gone. That's not how it works, sadly. I wish I could be like, every time I heard I'm unlovable, I could be like, no, I'm loved, and then that lie would have been destroyed immediately. That's not exactly how it works. But Rob Reimer puts it like this. You must hold on to the truth precisely at the moment that the lie is vying for the position in your heart and in your soul and in your behaviors. The truth of who you are is in Christ and in the spirit must be tightly grasped precisely when the lie of your soul are threatening to prevent you from becoming who you already are. The truth alone will not set you free, but holding on to the truth in the face of the lie over and over again will. Here is like the wonderful news, guys, is that you know, we may feel like, you may feel like, I, I am Spencer the unlovable, I am Spencer the unworthy, I am Spencer the ones whose sins and past mistakes define me. But God says he already knows who you are. God already knows who you are. So are you guys equipped with what it takes to fight the lie? And this idea of the lies fleeing after repeated truth is actually a biblical idea. And we see this in Matthew 4, 1 through 10, which this is Jesus going into the wilderness. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness and be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell those stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, if you are the, no, no, sorry. <laughs> Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by the very word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city 
and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up by their hands so that you do not strike your foot against the stone. Then Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. And again, the devil took him to the highest mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So here's what I love about this story. Is that at every corner, the devil is trying to make Jesus doubt who he is. If you really are the Son of God, then turn these breads to Turn these stones to bread. If you really are the Son of God, jump and you won't be harmed. And every time the devil comes at Jesus with this lie to make him doubt who he is, Jesus combats it with the truth. And here's the wonder is that we have an entire book based on the truth. You know, and we're hearing a lot of things of, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy. You know, we're hearing these things all around us. But God has already spoken that you are loved. God has already spoken that you are worthy. God has already spoken that your sins, yeah, you've made mistakes, but guess what? I've made you for a purpose and a destiny. These are all things that God has spoken. And I'll show you. I am love. John 15, 9. Romans 8, 38 through 39. John 14, 21. John 3, 16. Romans 5, 8. I found those verses in like three minutes. There's so many more. <laughs> I am worthy. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 John 3, 1. I have a purpose and a destiny. Ephesians 2.10, Ecclesiastes 3.1, Jeremiah 32.19, and Proverbs 19.21. These are the blessings that God has spoken over our lives. Because you are loved. Because you are worthy. Because God did make you with a purpose and a destiny. And I know we hear these lies all the time. And it's a way of the enemy preventing us from experiencing the fullness of God. You know, at the beginning I said I didn't want to do this message Because this hits home. Because I know what it's like to feel unworthy. I know what it's like to feel unlovable. I know what it's like to believe all these lies about myself. And then to hear what God has to say about me and ignore it. But here's the beautiful part, is that God's truth is speaking us over and over again. And God has blessings for us. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick and tired of believing the lies the enemy has spoken over me. Are you guys sick and tired of believing those? Are you? 
I am in a place now where I, I'm done with it, and I'm going to change my pattern of thought into the truth. I will no longer give my attention to the lies and start giving my attention to the truth. Because God, God has blessing for us in his truth. In Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, it says this. How blessed is he. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high place of blessings in him. Long before he laid down earth foundation, he had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love. To be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family. And through Jesus Christ, and what a pleasure he took in planning this, he wanted us to enter into the celebration of a lavish gift giving by the hands of his beloved son. Because of this sacrifice of the Messiah, he had been poured out on the altar of the cross. We are free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. We thought, he thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set us all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything we brought together and summed up in him. Everything in the deepest heaven, everything on planet earth, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. I just want to sit on that for a minute here. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I am no longer going to allow lies to define who I am. But maybe I should start letting Christ define who I am. Because that's what beats the lies. That's what defeats it. If we go to the next, the next slide... You know, and long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designed on us for a glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It is in Christ that you once heard the truth and believed it. This message of your salvation found yourselves home, free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and a glorious life. This is the part that I'm so excited about, guys. You know, there's all these lies and things that we believe and mistakes that we've done, but at the end of the day, God is saying, I've already signed, sealed, and delivered you that I've already poured out my Holy Spirit for you. That I have already done all these things for you to be set free, to be unleashed of these lies, to be unleashed from these things that we believe. 
God is calling us to be free. These lies that hold us back from experiencing love, grace, and mercy. God is calling us into freedom. But we have to reject the former. See, I want to experience the truth. That means I need to completely reject the lie. And if we go back to that Matthew passage that I spoke in the beginning, because your thoughts are filled with the viewpoints of man and not with the ways of me. And then Jesus said to disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you must at once completely and reject and disown your own life. Jesus here is essentially calling us to a fresh start. He's saying, reject and disown your own life because it's been filled with the views of man. Because it's been filled with the lies that you believe. Reject and disown your own life so you can start afresh with me. Because here's the thing, guys, is that the truth, grace, mercy, and love, those don't want to co-mingle with the lies. You know, it's really hard for me to say, God says I am loved, so I will say I am Spencer the loved. So it's really hard for me to say that while at the same time believing that I am Spencer the unloved. I just want everyone to stand this morning. God is calling you to experience his truth, to experience his mercy, his grace, and his love. I don't know about you guys, but today I want to take a new step forward. I want to take a new path. Who here wants to take the path of truth over the path of lies? Who wants to stop believing in the things that the enemy is trying to tear us down and believe that we are people created to experience love, that we are people created to experience mercy, people created to experience grace? God wants to do a deep and inner work in you. God wants to unleash you from these things, free you from these things. I am ready I'm sick and tired of believing that I am unlovable. I'm sick and tired of believing I'm, I'm unworthy. And what I'm even more sick and tired of is seeing people think they're unlovable. Seeing other people think they're unworthy. Because God has so much more for you than we could ever imagine. Dear God, I, I pray, as we prayed earlier, that chains would break. Right here, right now, chains would break. That the lies of the enemy would no longer have ground to hold on to because we are going to be continually filling ourselves with your truth and only your truth. I no longer care what I think. I no longer care what others think. I only care who you have called me to be. I just pray that this blessing would be evident on your people today, God. And that today would be a day of chains being broken. I pray this in your holy name. Amen.